Hey, if it isn't Jay Plunkett. That isn't. It's, it's Jay Pritchett. You having a good New Year's? Yeah, kind of a bust. Everybody bailed on me. I'm gonna hit the sack. Hey, we just had a guy who bailed on us. You play Hold'em? Yeah, but I should probably... Uh... What's the buy-in? Okay. <laughs> Say hello to uh, Marty, hey. Bugs, How you doing, my ex-husband Hugo, How you doing? and Billy D. Hey. Are you serious? Billy D. Williams? I'm a huge fan. Well, now you'll have to stay since none of these guys have seen me in anything since Mahogany. <laughs> Never even saw that. Me either. You're kidding. Billy D's an alderman trying to keep Diana Ross in Chicago rather than become an international model and designer. My son made me watch it with him. He's gay. Oh, good. I didn't want to be the one to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's gonna have to make a stand. One day, somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. So I don't care what the unemployment rate's gonna be. It doesn't matter to me. My campaign doesn't hinge on unemployment rates and growth rates. How am I supposed to explain to my child? The two men are getting married. I don't know. It's your shitty kid. You fucking tell him. Why is that anyone else's problem? Are you serious? It's so fucking stupid, isn't it? Raise taxes on people. That's not the way. Corporations are people, my friend. We can raise taxes on... Of course they are. Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. So, where do you think it goes? Whose pockets? I can report to the American people and to the world. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of Al-Qaeda. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. Heaven is just another lie. And if you believe it, you're an idiot. Hey, everybody. This is episode 230, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, Frank's not here because he had other things to do, like, you know, earn money and stuff like that to feed his family. So whatever, we can all make fun of him for that later. Uh, with me is my wife. Hello. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) You're already not paying attention. What? Oh. Yeah. So just make sure you speak directly into it there. I am. I had uh, a special guest on for an Outside the Cinema that we recorded here, and uh, it sounded good until I listened back to it, and he wasn't close enough to the microphone. So it's still listenable, though. Bill says, regardless of what we did, it'll sound better than the solo episode he did because he, you know, he just ran out of time. Oh, the okay. surgery got pushed up, and what can you do? So, uh,. I don't know how long this episode's going to run. We need to at least hold out until I get a text from Scott saying that his segment is finished, uh, which probably won't be that much longer. But let's start with this, because this one caught my attention. And you, uh, you've you done yoga in the past. Yes. Right? So this is on NPR. It says, promoting Hinduism, parents demand removal of school yoga class. What is your instant response to that? It has nothing to do with being a Hindu. And those are fat children in that photo. <laughs> they need to do yoga. 
No, they're not that. No, they're not fat. Uh, yeah, that one is. No, well, she's got her back arched, so, I mean, but the rest of them look relatively small in shape. I don't know what you would call it. They're, what, third graders? All right, anyway, there's a lot of fat kids out there. <clears throat> During first period at Olive, Olivenhain Pioneer Elementary School in Encetus, California, Krista McCloskey Leads about two dozen third graders through some familiar yoga poses. All right, so let's do our opening sequence A, she says, instructing the kids. Everyone take a big inhale, lift those arms up, look up. I imagine this is like transcribed from an actual NPR segment. Um, <clears throat> at the end of the half-hour class, eight-year-old Jacob Hagen says he feels energized and ready for the rest of the day because you get to stretch out and it's good to be the first class because it wakes you up, he says. Schools across the country are focusing more on teaching students to make healthy choices. Uh, Superintendent Tim Baird says yoga is just one element of the district's physical education curriculum. We also have a nutrition program, he says. We also have a life skills development program, a life skills program, sorry, where kids learn about perseverance and responsibility. This sounds like a school full of communists. <laughs> How dare they teach children to be responsible? I know. Uh, and to, to persevere. Witchcraft. The whole wellness program is supported by a $500,000 KP Joyce Foundation. The Encinas-based group promotes a kind of yoga called Ashtanga, which was introduced to Encinas from India in 1975 by founder... Krishna Batabi Joyce. I probably didn't get that right, but but when Mary Edie visited one of the yoga classes at her son's school last year, she saw more than a fitness program. This is where I would insert the evil music if I uh I'll help you. If I had dun, a, dun, dun. Yeah, if I had the energy, I would definitely have done that. Um they were being taught to thank the sun for their lives and the warmth that it brought, the life that it brought to the earth. And they were told to do that right before they did the sun salutation exercises. Okay, we can see where this is going. Freedom of religion as long as it's my religion, right? Right. But she said they were being taught to thank the sun for their lives and the warmth it brought, the life that it brought. That's science as much as it is religion, isn't it? Because the sun, if there was no, if we were further away from the sun or closer, we wouldn't be here. No. Nope. So, yeah, you know, what? and what's the problem? Was she a fat lady? <sighs> Probably. Well, most of these parents that seem to have major problems with anything that has to do with physical activity or better eating mm -hmm. are usually fat. Well, yeah. That is true. There's no picture, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. Those looked like religious teachings to her, so she opted to keep her son out of the classes. So let's punish the children because of something you don't agree with. Why was she in the class? I don't know. But you know what? I would appreciate it if our school lets us pop in and see what's going on, right? Uh, that part doesn't bother me. Mm. You? No, but she should have gone through the correct channels and at least maybe, met with the PTO. And maybe she did. Probably not. 
<laughs> well, let's let's assume that she did because yeah. this is NPR, so I don't think they would take somebody that's a knee jerk reactionary ass, just a knee jerk reactionary. Um, the more Edie reads about the Joyce Foundation and its, and its founders' beliefs in the spiritual benefits of benefits of Ashtanga yoga, the more she's convinced that the poses and meditation can't be separated from their Hindu roots. It's stated in the curriculum that it's meant to shape the way they view the world. It's meant to shape the way they make life decisions, Edie says. It's meant to shape the way that they regulate their emotions and the way they view themselves. And God damn it, that's what Jesus is for. Why Sorry, I she... added that last part, obviously. What? Why doesn't she just take them out of school and homeschool? Who has time for that? Seriously, who has time for that? Obviously, this lady does if she can visit can visit the school. Well, come on. It was once. Mm. It was once that we know of. And what did she do when she got him taken out of the class? Well, let's, let's, let's continue. Edie is part of a group of parents working with Dean Broyles, president and chief counsel of the Escondido-based National Center for Law and Policy. Okay. And then the question becomes, if it is religious, which, which it is, see, then that's not a question because you've decided. Who decides when enough religion has been stripped out of the program to make it legal, Broyles says. I mean, that's the problem when you introduce religion into the curriculum and actually immerse and marinate children in the program. So would this guy be for taking under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance? It sounds more like he's for cannibalism since he wants to marinate children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marinate them in what, though, is really, you know. So do they not say the Pledge of Allegiance then? Right. The that's, that's what I asked. Or do they leave that part out? Do they, do they not use money that says under God in the school? Or, I mean, um, um, one nation under God, right? What does it say on the money? I don't even care anymore this isn't god we trust oh you know what it is because i never have cash that's why i don't know (laughs) uh let's see critics of the yoga class (laughs) seriously that sounds idiotic doesn't it launched an online petition that garnered about 260 signatures as of friday about 50 of them voluntarily identifying themselves as parents in the district another online petition in support of the class has more than 2700 signatures which are anonymous to those who don't sign. I like that. Edie and the other parents working with Broyles want the classes made completely voluntary and moved to before or after the school day. They say school officials haven't responded to their concerns. They have, just not publicly. I mean, you can't really say, go fuck yourself, this is good for the kids. Can you? Opponents worry that the class will be adopted in schools across the nation. They point to the Joyce Foundation's funding of researchers at the University of San Diego in Virginia to study whether the yoga class affects things like attendance behavior and student achievement. It is the stated goal of both the Joyce Foundation and the district itself to provide scientifically that Ashtanga yoga works for kids here in the district and then export it nationally, Broyles says. I don't understand. Like, it's not a terrorist training cell. It's fucking stretching. And meditation. You know how when you talk to a kid and you think that they think that something is going to be bad a certain way that you think it's going to be bad. And when you actually ask them about it, they kind of say stuff like, well, I just want a popsicle. Yeah. Well, yeah, 
Why aren't they asking the students since they're the ones actually attending the school? Oh, well, that, that's a good question. I don't know. Why, why aren't they? Because that would be, they probably don't even think of it that way. If that one quote from the kid says, I like this class because I feel energized during the day, what kid can say that about school? That they actually feel energized during the day, and I bet their grades yeah. are really good as well. Well, that's what that study's supposed to show, right? And maybe the parents should just calm down and stay out of it because it's not hurting them and actually ask their own children, how do you feel about the Well, class? the thing is, the thing is with the kids, I mean, and, and with our <clears throat> kids too, to a certain degree, we want them to have the influences we want them to have. We want to be able to monitor and shape what they learn. And as far as imaginary friends, um, I want to know when that's being introduced to them because... Um, like we watched right before the girls went to bed, we watched a little bit of one of the Evangelion movies where the robot's fighting and quote unquote angel. And Nova's reaction was angel. Cause she knows angels from Christmas. They go on a tree. Mm-hmm. They're, they're people with wings, you know, and it helps too that the X-Men character angel is just a normal guy with wings. So he's not a normal guy technically, but they're just um, bigger fairies. Yeah, pretty much. And I said, yeah, I said, they're angels. Just because it has a name doesn't mean that it's the same thing. These angels are aliens from somewhere else. They're the bad guys in this. And she said, okay. That was it. There's nothing more to it. No. When we had to talk about Ripley when she gave the Heil Hitler salute, um, because we were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, not because of anything I'm teaching them when you're not around. Um, and, and I said to her, uh, Ripley, you really shouldn't do that because there were people in real life that that did that and they were the worst people that ever lived. And but, she said and she said, Okay, I didn't complicate no, it or but anything. She was only doing what she saw the actors doing because she's interested yes. in that. Well she copies a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What was what was the other thing today? Uh oh, the Simpsons episode there with Cookies uh that they with, weren't sharing. No, no, touch the stove. Oh. Right? The the stupid reality show that they were doing, Touch the Stove. And she's like, I'll make you touch the stove. It's like, no, that's not right. But she 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 knows what she 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 knows what's funny now. Right. She knows that touch the stove is funny because you're not supposed to do it. Which is really interesting that she's over the last year we've watched them um develop this sense of humor that when they would watch anybody like get hit in the head with a ball or trip and fall down and it's like supposed to be funny, like um, pratfalls and stuff, mm-hmm. they would get really upset. Now they know that it's funny because they, they understand the context of it. But that's what I mean. They, These parents that are going nuts about kids doing yoga are being very ignorant about it. Well, yeah, I wonder how many of them actually bothered to learn anything past what is the religious aspect of it. Or actually turn to their children and say, do you like this? Yeah. How do you feel about it? And my guess is those parents aren't the ones that go to church every Sunday either. I bet you none of the parents go to church. Here's the thing, though. If you want to square it with your religion, you can have them in their head if they're thanking the sun, which I sincerely doubt is like something they're telling them to do. Well, no, it's just called sun salutation because you are... Raising your hands to the sun and you're... Yeah, it's, because, it's like it's you know, like upward-facing it, it, dog. You're not actually doing anything with a dog. No, but it's more of if you went outside and said, oh, what a great day today. 
no one's going to tackle you for being anti-religious for saying, wow, what a great day. I'm glad it's no, warm you, out. No, you wouldn't be anti-religious. You'd be a sun worshiper and you would be a heathen. What do you mostly you say? Oh, thank God it's sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but if that's but if that's the position of the pose, then that's not... That's just what it's called. It's, yeah. It's ignorant to think that it's some kind of religious form. It, it, yeah. Well, let me let me continue here. You There's know, a little bit left here. People are just yeah. stupid. Haven't they grown <laughs> out of that by now? Like, no, they're actually growing further into it. Mm. Uh, they provide you... This is a quote here uh, from Joyce Foundation Director Eugene Ruffin. Uh, he maintains that the yoga program is typical of athletics programs for kids. They provide you with the exercise and the motivation for children, Ruffin says, and then they give you character exercises. Um, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt be honest, uh, thou shalt be respectful to adults. Ruffin says those ideals aren't specific to Hinduism and don't conflict with his own Catholic upbringing. Oh, isn't that interesting? The founder of the Joyce Foundation that's being blamed for spreading Hinduism in schools is a Catholic. Yeah, but it, what what religion are the people that are fighting against it? It doesn't it doesn't say yet. Um, despite the controversy, most parents like Monique Coco are happy with the classes. She says her children don't come home with a newfound knowledge of Hinduism. Um, absolutely not. No, what my daughter tells me is that she did the pancake today and she lays down and then she cracks up because it's so funny. That that is kind of funny. Coco hears from teachers that kids are calmer and more focused after yoga so the teachers can spend more class time on lessons instead of settling kids down the way they sometimes have to after traditional gym classes. When winter break ends Monday, which um, probably has already happened, the school district is moving forward with plans to have the classes taught at all nine and CETAS and SIA, I don't know how to pronounce that, schools. Uh, when was this? This was January 9th. Which was yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Wow. It seemed like a week ago. So the 14th, it seems like they'll be back in school. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I really don't, I don't get it. What, what, what the fuck is wrong with people? They're ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's like, what do you, what do you think learning about a different religion is going to do to you? It's going to poison your I don't know. Like, is, is your family life every day so embroiled in religion that you're so afraid that your children might actually be smart? See, now, if you were a smart Catholic and you were fighting this and your child kind of came home and said, oh, well, we, uh, we, we thank the sun, um, you instantly say, well, you know, when you're thanking the sun, you're actually thanking God. How fucking difficult is that? Once again, you go outside and go, thank God it's warm out. But it's so easy to just take that and change it to suit your own selfish needs. Your children didn't say when they were born, hey, uh, ma make sure you baptize me because I definitely want to be Catholic. No, you decided that for them, and you're still deciding for them. Granted, mm -hmm. they're third graders, but still. They're still human beings. The best way to create atheists is to try to create Catholics. I don't know. So that pissed me off. <laughs> it was just so stupid. Just right off the bat, wasn't it? Mm. Can you hear me like that? What am I giving you? <clears throat> Can you hear me my inhaler? I didn't want to say it, but thank you. Um, all right. So 
since I have uh, stopped posting this kind of stuff on my um, regular Facebook page, and I've consolidated it all into the show's group, there is a an amazing amount of stuff to choose from here uh, for the next story. You want me to read a couple headlines here? Are they all religion? <laughs> no. <sighs> uh, let's see. Let me start back down here. Uh, Well, let's do this one about the Pope. What does that look for? You just said they're not all religion. I do it to stay sharp. You didn't say make the next one Uh non-religious. All right, this is from uh, the David Pakman show. Let me get the audio back up here. uh, Hey, the Pope has has made a New Year's statement about the biggest threats to the future of humanity. The human race, ladies and gentlemen, is at stake here. I know we've all been waiting to hear what he will point out. Pope Benedict said that what, Lewis, is the big threat to humanity? Let me guess. Gay marriage. Absolutely right. He told diplomats from about 180 countries that uh, the education of children requires proper settings and that pride of place goes to the family based on the marriage of a man and a woman. And he says that gay marriage could be a threat to the the existence of the human race. Not wars, ladies and gentlemen. Not the military-industrial complex. Not the corrosive effect of money and politics on this planet. Not the accelerating consumption of natural resources or climate change. Not the the inability of the human race to get along long-term in a real way. Not obesity. None of that stuff, Lewis. Not even uh, pedophilia. Not even pedophilia within the church. It is gay marriage that presents a threat to humanity. And, you know, you kind of skipped ahead because really my thought on this is not only is gay marriage not the biggest threat in the world, uh, the, the, Catholic, the Catholic Church itself presents bigger threats than gay marriage via its inflexibility to adjust to the evolving world, to take a real stand against pedophile priests. I mean, for, forget, about, forget about the whole world. The Catholic Church itself represents some threats, some threats that are bigger than gay marriage. But, hey, I'm glad that the Pope used this uh, bully pulpit, 180 countries on New Year's, to say the human race may suffer if we do not eliminate gay marriage. Why? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. Well, no, if you're saying that, then why don't you know why... He uh, says it's a threat. Wait, if I'm saying what, what are you talking about? Why does he say it's a threat? See, I never really understood why the church's what, what the, the the church's stance, uh, why they came to that conclusion. Is it because a man and woman won't, won't procreate and create more churchgoers? If they well, if they said it's because they can't, you know, have a, a child, then the quick and easy answer to that is there's a lot of children that need to be adopted. Right. So, so there's no argument. So they fall back onto Leviticus, where Leviticus says, you know, don't trim your beard, don't eat shellfish, don't eat pork, don't get tattoos, don't get piercings, don't mark your body, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Everybody, there's a whole bunch of other crazier stuff going on in there, too. I, I know, like, but I'm, I'm doing the stuff that, like, I myself personally have done, right? Yeah, I shaved two days ago, and I, I, I ate bacon but yesterday. you're not a religious person. What are no, you worried about? but that's that's the thing. There's a lot of people that are religious that quote Leviticus that have tattoos. It's, like, you know, it's all or nothing. Leviticus isn't like, oh, well, 
I like that part. I'll have bacon and I'll get a cross tattooed on me. Like, that's the dumbest fucking thing. Seriously, you're going to tell me that gay marriage is wrong with Jesus tattooed on your arm. You're an idiot if that's the case. And honestly, the Pope can, can, can just choke on a chicken bone and fucking die. I think he's, uh, he's an absolute disgrace. Gay marriage is a problem. What about all your priests' fucking little children? That's not a problem? No, let's just shuffle them around so everybody thinks that they're new and that everybody's okay. I don't know. I, don't, I really, for the life of me, cannot think of a good reason why the church would be against it. The more people you accept, the more people you have potentially coming to your church. It's not about the people. It's about the, the revenue, the money they would get. So still, if you're going to turn people away, right? If the church is, if, if I'm a believer, which hasn't been the case for 35 years or so, um, if I'm a believer and I'm friends with, with people that, that are gay and the church says, you guys are cool, but fuck those heathens. I want to be like, really? That's not really what Jesus said. Jesus said to love thy neighbor and, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, blah, 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 all that. Oh, Jesus probably didn't say that one. But, um, you know, but that's what the Bible teaches. It's like turn the other cheek, an eye for an eye, all that stuff, right? It's It's idiotic to turn people away. When your numbers are dwindling, your cash is your cash income is is suffering. You're paying out crazy lawsuits because your priests can't keep their hands off little boys and nuns. You should just let them get married or just be gay. Well, they have no choice. They are gay. But they should just let. Oh, them what be. the priests? Yes, let them have partners. Let them get married. Let them have their lives so that they can be a good example for the congregation. About well, they, that's the thing. They should be a good example anyway. But if if you're forced to have a life of celibacy, and this is what you do to get around it, wouldn't you think Cel- that the cel- biggest celibacy just means you're not married in, in the traditional definition? It doesn't mean no, you don't celib- have sex. Celibacy means that you do not have intimate relations. Well, you don't have sex. No, no, it's it's marriage. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look it up just so we can settle that. As meanwhile, there's probably forty people that are. <laughs> But I don't understand that if that's such a big problem, and that's not, oh, okay, not, okay, not you know for what? them, not for them to be with children because that's disgusting and immoral. Well, yeah. But if they, if these priests are truly gay, <clears throat> let them have that lifestyle. But, but but they're not child molesters. No, those are different. Are but my guess gay. is there's probably a lot of priests out there that are gay. But they cannot have that kind of lifestyle because of the church. Well, yeah, they have to hide it. So yeah. Why not? But but, I, but let's just just for the sake of the show make the clear distinction that the pedophiles are not gay. No, they're okay. they're, they're, they're pedophiles. pedophiles. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Um, but what I'm saying is is that the people that 
are gay, let them be in the church. Let the priests that are gay be priests. <coughs> and welcome and anyone that wants to show up. priests as well. Oh, you know, that's God. a whole big Catholic we, stupidity, you know? You know, the Mormon church just barely accepts black people nowadays. You really think that the Catholic church can handle a woman as a priest? But that's the thing. The Protestant church, they have a, a woman that's in charge of the diocese. That's and the now, Protestants. As far as the Catholics are concerned, they can all go jump off a fucking cliff. But that's the thing. Is that wouldn't you think that what you want to do is have as many people be a part of your community yeah. to help people? They, there was just a thing today about Boston that they're going to group together so many churches and dioceses because people are not coming. Yeah. And because they're suffering from all it. they do is and a lot of local churches hate. are doing the same thing, too. They can't keep up with repairs. So they're all merging together. Yeah, that was me. Uh, you know, if they went in and actually said, you know, here's uh, homeless shelters that you can help out and here are things that you can do instead of saying, um, in, instead of having the confessional and like, like focusing the entire religion around how you're a bad fucking person. Instead, why don't you lift the people up and make them feel like they're good and make them want to come back? You know, that was the whole big message in Sister Act. I don't. And was nobody it? really paid attention. Yes, that's no. exactly what they said in it. Bring people <laughs> to the church and lift them up, because they were all doing all old time hymns well, it's all, and stuff. It's all fire and brimstone. Beat you down. You're going to go but, to hell. But that's the thing. They didn't. They didn't make it that it could be a community. You've, you've seen the church I went to, right? Yes. The middle is dead Jesus crucified with women wailing at his feet. To the right of that, and these are all in like those big pointy arches, right? So this thing's like 50 feet tall. To one side is um, John Money. baptizing Jesus. Huh? Money. Yeah. But on the other side is is um, Gabriel forcing Lucifer into hell, and Lucifer looks nothing like how the Bible describes him. He's all like man bat looking from comic books, like he's got wings coming off his elbows, and it's absolutely fascinating to see. But Lucifer's supposed to be beautiful. He's the angel of light. And he's, he's like, everybody would like fall in love with him if they saw him. Not this horrific monster. No, but maybe they should, instead of concentrating on that, concentrate on what it is to be in a congregation and be a part community. of a community. Yeah, help people, not, not scare them into submission. Right. But that's what the whole fucking thing's about. So, yeah, well, because when they came over on the Mayflower, it was to keep them in line so that nobody was out doing bad yeah, things. Yeah, you're not going to oppress us. We're going to go over there and oppress ourselves. Yes, they locked, <laughs> they locked everybody up <laughs> in the church all day long so that nobody could really do anything wrong. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your question, we're kind of both right. It says uh, celibacy is refers to a state of being unmarried and therefore sexually abstinent. If it's you're following definition. Well, yeah, but if you're following the word of God, and you're not married, you're not having sex. So it does kind of make sense that way. I just think the whole thing's outdated. It all it's, needs to be revamped. What's the phrase that you're buddy Christ is what you're no, looking you're, for. No, you're shooting his um Cutting off your nose to spite your yes. face. Yes, it's yeah. it's it's like that. If they just went with it and accepted gay marriage and accepted people, 
Well, they're all they're all way they would too have old school. Very I mean, large congregations, and they could actually work on helping out their communities, the, the, and the, it could just be better for everybody. The Vatican should realize that no matter the Vatican's what like they a fortress say, on itself, they don't even reach out to the community. Well, they should say they should they should sit down and well, first of all, I I've said it on the show before that I think everybody that works in the Vatican is an atheist anyway. Because how do you do that? It's and like how a do you huge, cover it's that a huge up? government job. That's it. Oh, for God, it's just yeah. money. That's it. I, I think the people in the Vatican should sit down and, and they should say, look, we know people are fucking. It's just, you just can't stop it. I mean, literally, it's human nature. We've tried to preach against it and uh, people are getting smarter and they're not falling for it anymore. So let's let's buy all the condoms we can find, ship them to fucking Africa and save some lives. Instead, the church does the exact fucking opposite and tell them not to use condoms and then AIDS spreads like wildfire in California. And then people are dead. Yeah. And children are dead. They could have helped them and actually had a good community and they don't. Mm. And then people are like, oh, the Pope. It's like, Fuck the Pope. Maybe the Pope should be more of a real leader that is actually near the people and not in his little plastic Pope mobile. And actually somebody that can relate. It's... It's almost like he's acting like he's king of Italy, you know, like, I, oh, I here would, I am in all my gold king of Italy, yeah. and all my stuff with my Wouldn't big be hat. the first time a German was in charge of Italy, would it be? But that's the thing. <laughs> I don't think that's right. That's not accessible. And, to, and right. to preach, this isn't right and there shouldn't be gay marriage, like, well, who the hell are you to say that? Yeah, shut up in your own fucking country. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think that... That, that religion should be reclassified as a philosophy and that's the end of it. Your church pays taxes and if you can't support it, it closes. Mm-hmm. Treat it like a business. And you know what? When you pay taxes, then you can try to influence the government. Until then, shut the fuck up. I just think they push more people away and they wonder why people don't want to go to church and they don't want to be a part Nobody of wants to be spoken down to anymore. Life Life, uh, you People know, in the, go to, in the recession was tough enough. They don't right. need to know they're going to go to hell on top of it. And they also don't need to be preached at. People want to be related to. Mm. Yeah. So go with it for crying out loud, you know? Just well, the unbelievers look are... Look at what the people are doing out there. They're either not afraid to say it anymore or they, or there are more because the numbers are growing. Now it's the third largest affiliation in regard to religion in the United States. It's um, it's uh, Catholic, Muslim, I- I- Islam uh, for the religion. And I then, thought Muslim was first. I thought that had more followers. No, Catholics are first because they have, they have like all of South America, all of Africa, mm-hmm. you know, Muslim has like parts of, of India and, 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 and areas around there. And uh, you know what, but that, that's not even, that's not even right to say because, Except for the Middle East, no one country really has a singular religion, as far as I can think of. Maybe Japan, Shinto, but not, even that's even that's probably not a hundred percent true. Um, why don't we take a break and we'll come back in one second? For us, longer for you. Your feet had been bound 
by what gravity brings to the ground. Did you feel you were tricked by the future you picked? Well, come on down. All these rules don't apply when you're high in the sky. So come on down. Come on down. We're coming down to the ground. There's no better place to go. We got snow upon the mountains. We got rivers down below. We're coming down to the ground. We hear the birds sing in the trees. And the land will be the after we send the seeds out in the Changing the script and the scene Despite all you made of it You were always afraid of a change You got a lot on your chest Well you can come as my guest So come on Coming down to the ground, there's no better place to go. We got snow upon the mountains, we got rivers down below. We're coming down to the ground, we hear the birds sing in the trees, and the land will be looked after. We send the seeds out in the woods. Like the fish in the ocean, we felt at home in the sea. We learned to live off the good land. We learned to climb up a tree. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Um, well, Hammer means how to get a nail into a block of wood. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes, and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website, www.1951downplace.com. Should I have said Hammer Pants? 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films discussion. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. 
Let me introduce you to Chinstro Crumpunta. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. Just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, this is on. You can find us at chinstrokeversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could f*** any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. No better place to come. We got snow upon the mountains. We got rivers down below. We're coming down to the ground. We hear the birds sing in the trees. And the land will be looked after. To send the seeds out in the dreams. We're coming down. Coming down to earth. Like babies of birth. good i said i said on the break there that that was the conversation that i wanted to have about that because a lot of times i'll bring something up with frank and um we'll just go off on a tangent and totally end up at like that conversation we probably would have ended up talking about the hobbit 
you know, because that's how because that's how much we veer off about people that that don't shave, and then you would talk about people that grew their beards, <laughs> yeah, yeah. waiting for the Hobbit exactly. to start, and then you would have talked yeah. about the Hobbit, and it would totally mess it up. Yeah, yeah, I Here almost we- went there, but I know how you work, so I didn't <laughs> go there. Here's one: Utah renames Morning Glory Road because of sexual connotation. What? Utah renames it's a flower. <laughs> I know. What? I know. A city in Utah has renamed Morning Glory Road because of concerns raised about the sexual connotation of the street's moniker. The term Morning Glory is sometimes used as slang description for a male erection during morning hours. Not really. Much more commonly, the term is used to describe upwards of 1,000 species of flowering plants. Yeah. The allegedly offensive Morning Glory Road will now be known as... No, they seriously changed it. Yeah. Oh, please. Will now be known as Dirty Sanchez Road. Sorry. No, it's not. Morning Vista Road after a unanimous vote by Leahy City Council members last month. That's... The the city of Leahy... Are you kidding me? Located approximately 30 miles south of Salt Lake City in Utah, first considered the change after concerns were voiced by a technology company relocating to the area. The Associated Press reports that officials from... And it's spelled this way, but I know what they're trying to say. Zactware Solutions. It's X-A-C-T-W-A-R-E. Now, if you want it to be Exactware, it should be X-Dash-Xact, right? I hate people that do stupid names like that. That sounds like more, it's, it's like X-rated wear. Like... Yeah. You know, you know who should move in next to that company? Analogic. Afternoon Delight. Analogic should move next to them. We'll let people think that word out in their head and then see why that's funny because I drive by that company every day. Uh, the company which provides software for the insurance industry. You know it's not called Analogic anymore, right? Actually, that's the sign on the building. Oh, well. It's a new sign, too. Okay. What is it, Analogic? No, no. They they bought out a lot more companies. It's oh, okay. So um, I... Uh, they truly changed the name of the street. The company which provides software for the insurance industry felt that the racy nature of the street's name. Why may do be, they live on the street? What do they have to do with the street? May be unappealing to potential clients. What do you mean? Who's living there? Well, no, like, isn't that how you do business? It's like, oh, I want to go to uh, Target. What street is that on? Go fuck yourself road. I'm not going there. That's not how that shit works. Then somebody would have already changed the name of Fuddruckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to something that your mother can pronounce. No, Janet already calls it the other way. So. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, transcripts of a meeting with Lehigh Council, Council members indicate that Exactware Solutions, Inc. requested the street be renamed to reflect the company's international corporate image. The council unanimously agreed to the name change and voted the proposal forward on December 11th, Oh, they got big money then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The Lehigh or Leahy Road renaming has garnered international attention, turning the spotlight onto some additional Utah street names that could be deemed equally offensive. Um, the Salt Lake Tribune writes that Morning Glory streets appear in Moab, Riverton, and Santa Clara, but officials from those cities have no plans for changing. Uh, and we actually, that was one of the roads when we were in Wildwood was Morning Glory, and that's that's the road that I knew was one of the three that I could turn on to. To get back to the hotel. Because it's a flower. They're yes. all named after flowers. Yes. Oh, my 
That is ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that they changed it. They probably got paid a lot to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. They got a lot of money to do that. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna look up Morning Glory on um, Urban Dictionary. I've never heard of that. No. See, my guess it would be um, if you were smoking pot in the morning. That's that's what I would assume. Um, yeah, well, that's what it says here. What? The 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 boner. <clears throat> it's new to me. I don't know. Yeah, because you'd be the only one thinking it was a morning glory. No. <laughs> it's only a morning glory if you get to do something with it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. We had to explain to somebody what the song "Afternoon Delight" really meant. <sighs> they they obviously haven't watched Arrested Development. It's pretty clearly explained there. Mm. Well, that's just insane. That's yeah, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one? This one's a little stupid. Uh, the headline here is, Court declares that raping an unmarried woman isn't rape. Now, to be fair, Addicting Info, the website there, they're a little hyperbolic in their um, in their headlines. So... It says a panel of judges overturned the conviction of Julio Morales because the woman he raped thought that he was her boyfriend. He pulled the old revenge of the nerds trick. The woman had been drinking and she and her boyfriend had gone to sleep after consciously deciding not to have sex for lack of a condom. That's some responsible drunk people. Good for them. At some point in the night, the boyfriend left without the woman's knowledge. Morales sneaked into the room and, pretending to be the boyfriend in the dark room, had sex with the inebriated and half-asleep woman. She realized during the intercourse that she was having sex with someone who was not her boyfriend. That's that's also pretty good, too. I mean, although I imagine it would be pretty easy to tell the difference. Wouldn't it? What did she do? I don't know. Um, Let's see. Had she been married, this would have been an open and shut case. But due to a law passed in 1872, an unmarried woman is not protected. In other words, if an unmarried woman has sex with a stranger without her consent, if an unmarried woman has sex with a stranger without her consent, yeah, then too bad for her. The misogyny and rape culture is so obvious. Well, see, that's the problem that we get into um, <clears throat> is that there's a law that that says. An unmarried woman is shit out of luck. That's still rape. She was drunk. He it's, took advantage yes, of it. It's rape, but in California, it's not a prosecutable offense because of the law. Passed in 1782 or 1872. 1872. I, <laughs> I mean, the law is the law. The judges have to follow the law for better or worse. In this case... So much and worse. Does it say what she did when she realized that that wasn't her boyfriend? Uh, no. No. Hmm. What? Well, you would have thought that if she woke up and realized that it wasn't him, she would have fought him, screamed. Well, hit it him. did. And it, where did the boyfriend go in the middle of the friggin' night? I don't know, but you know what though? They decided not to have sex because they didn't have a condom. So, to me. They're not that dumb to start with. Or they weren't that drunk. I don't, I don't, 
I don't know, conspiracy right, well, I theory I lady. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the law is abhorrent and it needs to be changed and just removed from the books altogether. I thought that was strange. You know Tim Tebow, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I answer that question, too. So here's. Oh, does he have another book out? Oh, I don't know. Here's Neil Patrick Harris wearing eye black, and it has February 3rd, 20, 2013 written in it because that's the date of the Super Bowl, apparently. Okay. Because I don't, I don't watch football, so I don't really know. Why are you whispering? I know that. Well, I don't want anybody else to know that. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of people are thinking that he's making fun of Tim Tebow because he's gay and he's doing the same thing that Tebow does with his eye black, where he writes like John 316 or. Okay. Whatever on his face. <clears throat> so what is it? Is he happy the Super Bowl's coming? What? He was hired for the uh, ad campaign. Okay. So what's the problem? Well, here's what it says. Conservatives claim Neil Patrick Harris is mocking Tim Tebow. To that I say, good good on you. Uh, Please, those, I don't think it's that difficult. <clears throat> yeah. Those opposed to LGBT equality regularly claim that they are the victims and that their, quote, religious freedom is at stake. The latest example demonstrates the absurd distinction between their sensitivity for Christianity's reputation and their utter disregard for the lives of LGBT people and their families. What's see- LGBT? Um, isn't it lesbian, gay, bi, and transgender? I don't know, hence whole, why like, I'm asking you. I th- I, it's, it's like the catch-all for um, all, all the different um, gay... Are they okay like with that? LGBT. Did they just get lumped together? Like, well, it's a lot easier than writing it out, right? What? It's just like saying white and black people. You know? Oh my goodness! What? Well, no, because there's there's lesbians and there's and there's homosexual males, and then All there's right, you're going off on a tangent. No, this is, is exactly what you asked me. No, you answered there's my question. Transgender and bisexual, and the transgender doesn't have to fit in with the others. The bisexual isn't gay or straight. They're in this kind of weird Schrodinger's cat sexual area. Uh, so, so, but no, what that's does it... so. Well, let me finish. Mm-hmm. A CBS Super Bowl promotion featuring Neil Patrick Harris wearing the date of the game in eye black is mocking football player Tim Tebow, who cites Bible verses in his eye black. According to the uber-conservative site, um, this is WorldNet Daily, CBS is pushing a gay agenda because Harris is gay and mocking Christians because Tebow is Christian. (sighs) Yeah, he makes a lot of money by... Being Christian, yeah, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. It, he would Sport probably book. he'd yeah. probably make more money if he was a better football player. Probably. And I don't even watch football, and I know he's terrible now. <laughs> what was that face? Uh, that's my impression of him. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like Neil Patrick Harris has. Don't people have other stuff to worry about? No, no. You're mocking Jesus, man. How dare you mock Jesus? That's the thing. That it's like you know. They should really see what the Jesus people mock, where they take anything that is mainstream and they turn it into something Christian. And they think that that's okay when they plagiarize. Yeah, well. Or they take copyright infringement to a whole new level. Yeah. And they have no reason and no space to talk. Well, that's that's something that we had discussed in in the past. We've looked online in um, on websites that... 
the multitude of books that are like why Harry Potter's the devil. It's, it's why, not even. It's why not Star even Wars books. is it's, from Satan. It's or... merchandise. It's a lot of stuff that they oh, yeah. completely rip off. You mean like WWE type T-shirts? Yeah. So why why would they care that somebody's promoting the? Because Super it's Bowl okay when they do it. Well, it's okay when they do right. it. But when somebody else does it to them, it's okay for somebody to say, "Oh, God bless you and keep you." And if I say, um, "I don't." believe that but thank you then i'm the fucking bad guy i don't say that i don't give a shit if you say that to me all that means is you care enough to say something meaningless to me oh i'll pray for you and and my 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 response that i want to say back is well why don't you do something go rake your yard instead because like use that time for something fucking useful you know say bless you to you when you sneeze yeah it's not useless but it's it's but I kind of think it is. It's, no, it's like a little saying of, well, I'm glad you didn't die just now when you sneezed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't see. I don't I don't care about it's when I sneeze like 12 times in a row. It's like, you don't have to say it every time. Once I covers like to, all of because it annoys you. Yeah, I know. But like, I don't. There's this there's this perceived persecution because because people disagree with you. Just because I don't believe in the bullshit that somebody else believes in doesn't make it any less valid, but they think it does. Just because I don't have Jesus in my heart, that means that they know Jesus less than they did 10 seconds before talking to me. It's this weird dichotomy that it, like, I love Star Wars a lot. Oh, good. You went to something I know what you're talking about because you lost me. But if somebody comes to me and says, yeah, I didn't really like the movies, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. You know what? That's your loss, but that's also your opinion. If you don't like it, it doesn't change anything for me. Not a single fucking thing. So... So why should I can say bless matter? you. Why does it bother you? Well, you know, I put up with a lot of crap from you. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> we have the conversation well, where... we change the name of our street from one in glory to ha ha ha, no. Our street's name is Arnold Ave. Mm-hmm. So, like, how boring is that? But we've had conversations that we, and we and we'll talk about, you know, you you have more of a belief in fate than I do. And I don't make fun of you for that. Yes, you do. I think you're wrong, but I don't make fun of you for yes, it. Yes, you just did. I also believe in karma. It will, will get you back. No, so. it won't. Yes, it will. If karma got people back, priests would be dropping dead like flies. Well, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Then what good is it? I was, who said it had to have any good? It just is. Well, how does it balance it out? If karma is 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 good for bad and bad for good, where's the equality? It'll happen. You'll bang your head on something when you go up to bed. That's that's it. Yeah. You you are more likely to bang your head or mm. drop food or spill something or trip. I bet you you forget to take the headphones off and you try to get out of the chair with them on. No. Yeah, we'll see. I've only done that with seatbelts. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, but the thing is, like. I'm not taking away your rights by believing what I believe. Like, you don't hear Christians yelling at Jews because they don't believe Jesus is God or the Savior or whatever crap it is. You don't hear them saying, you're, you're stepping on my beliefs because it's all the same God. 
you don't hear the religious arguing as much in themselves about having their freedoms taken away. But we've seen on the show in others in other school systems where they're like, oh, well, we're going to uh, we're going to allow God um, into school. And then all of a sudden it's not the God they want. Oh, shit. We didn't think this through. Oh, maybe because there's thousands of gods out there. We didn't pick the one that you agree with. That's why it should just be gone. You don't need it. You really don't need it. You don't need the organization. You don't need the crazy fanaticism behind it. You don't need all the negativity. Okay, you're going back in a circle. For I am. That's what the about. show is. But just, just fucking get rid of it. One million moms should just go die in a river and just stop trying to tell people what they think is right for them you know do what's right for yourself but then that leads to chaos doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know i don't know let's do one more break and then we'll uh we'll check our mail how about that okay all right Burn down to the ground 
I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take Done. us to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, <laughs> horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. <laughs> People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one That is one star too many. <laughs> Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ugh. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend... A boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store.
so before we get into feedback, um, one quick thing. I have... Oh, I closed the mail before I downloaded that thing, didn't I? God damn it. All right. Um, there's been some... Are you blaming God? You don't believe in him. Well, it's just a meaningless phrase. Yeah, bless you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not having you on the show anymore. You are pointing out my hypocrisy way too much. You're doing it all for me. Huh? Yeah, I know. Um, there's been some talk in Washington about how to settle our debt, and a bunch of dummies are saying that we need to create a trillion-dollar platinum coin. <laughs> how would that work? I don't know. Who are you gonna? Who are we gonna give it to? First, like, like. I, I am. It's like the little kid that draws out a million dollars on a green piece of paper and says, "There you go." It's pretty much what it is. Uganda tried doing the same thing, and then loaves of bread cost twelve trillion dollars. Seriously, like I don't. I I'm not. I am not like really economically well versed, but I do have an idea that if we introduce a, tr- a trillion dollar coin, the value of our money is going to plummet, right? So Fox News. In their fair and balanced approach, has um, said that a one trillion dollar platinum coin would weigh seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy three point nine nine five tons. It would. Is it a picture of a submarine? Hold on, we're getting to that. It would be equal in weight to eighty nine blue whales, or equal to a ballistic missile submarine. Now, here's the thing, dummies of Fox News. Um, is there a hundred dollars worth of paper in a hundred dollar bill? No. Is there one cent worth of copper in a penny anymore? No. You just write one trillion on it and you back it and that's what it's worth. It could be the size of of a of a button. Like writing a check. Exactly. Exactly. Fox is dumb. <laughs> that's basically all I had to say. Fox News is stupid. And anybody that really gets their information from it. It's not, it's, they're not helping themselves. Uh, okay. So let me close this window so I don't call up more stories. I'm going to read this one, this email here from, um, let me see how he signed it here. Darren. And, uh, you can, you can chime in if you want, but this was from a show, obviously that Frank and I did Okay. just don't, you know. Uh, Happy New Year, Chris and Frank. This is the first time I've written to you guys, but I'm a big fan of your show, and I try never to miss an episode. Thank you very much. So I thought I'd finally drop you a line from Tropical Australia. We got a lot of people from Australia that listen. We're going to have to go to Australia to visit some of these people. Can we we go to New Zealand, too? Well, yeah, I think we got a couple people in New Zealand, too. Uh, I'm guessing the subject of random shootings has probably been flogged to death by now. Well, yeah. Actually, there was um, there was a news report today that was going on about how Joe Biden was meeting with people to discuss uh, gun, you know, regulation to prevent school shootings. And guess what? It was interrupted by. A yeah, two people in California. Uh, that's pretty sad, huh? Mm-hmm. With regards to gun laws in Australia, whilst it is nearly impossible to carry a gun legally, you can be assured that our lovely criminal fraternity have no problem getting their hands on them. The cities of Melbourne, Adelaide, and Sydney have quite nasty criminal networks, and there is no shortage of gangland shootings, drive-bys, old-fashioned murders, and, quote, hits. Much of it has to do with the bikies who love to puff their chests up because they were fat little kids at school that got picked on, and now they're grown up in a gang and, like, really tough and shit. 
but no surprises there. The reality is a gun is a simple acquisition if you are happy to purchase one illegally. And while I haven't the need for one at the moment, when you are traveling in the outback in the middle of nowhere, it would be nice to have something to even up the odds a little. It's a running joke, but sort of serious, that everything in Australia will kill you if you're not paying attention. Like, there's spiders the size of my chair that just, like, crawl out of shadows. <laughs> it's terrifying in Australia. Um, so why would you say you want to go there, then? Because I want to play a nice game of Knifey Spoonie from The Simpsons, remember? That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Bear. Exactly, yeah. Um, where was I? I <laughs> got me to, uh, let's see, even up the odds a little. It's a fucking long way if you're in trouble, thanks to bumping into a freak, uh, think Wolf Creek, that was, yeah, um, with no option but to hopefully have a phone reception to call the cops who are really just a gun for hire when the shit hits the fan who will take at least an hour or two to reach you if they can find you if you're still alive. And then he added a smiley face there so we know that it's not him he's talking about, I guess. <laughs> the Sandy school shooting was a fucking disgrace, no ifs or buts, but the uproar that's followed about gun control is and disarming the public is, at the end of the day... Hold on. I hit the little button on the side of my chair and you saw what happened. Yeah. Thank you for not laughing out loud when it happened. No problem. I was just way too low. I couldn't keep reading. Um, you couldn't read because your chair was too low? Well, yeah, because the shadow from my shoulder was... Wow. Oh, my God. I'm going to edit you out of this episode. Um, at the end of the day, an emotional reaction that will eventually... you your hair to finish reading? Oh, cut it out. An emotional reaction that will eventually prove hollow. My opinion is that by creating a nation that allows so many guns to be possessed, one must accept... These tragedies as inevitable. I don't mean to take anything away from the horror, the loss of so much innocence, but the reality is that the world is filled with fucked up individuals. And that means these things will happen. Usually as a society, we aren't usually forced to peer into the darkness too much. The media might seem full of doom and gloom, especially here. But much of it is always happening, quote, somewhere else. Like driving past a cemetery, there's no real need to ponder the essence of the contents of the coffin. Something like the Sandy Massacre forces us to admit that things are a little fucked up, but they always have been, and most likely always will be. I'm sure if one were to look up the number of cases of child abuse and death in major cities, one might feel the need to scream and rock back and forth in the corner of a room. Instead, we only hear such atrocities here and there. Basically, for most of us, our day-to-day -day lives are kept somewhat distant from the darkness that lies behind the proverbial curtain. But when a massacre like Sandy takes place, we're forced to take a good look back there. It's not nice. What can we do? I guess we can use such horrors to help us appreciate the fragility of life a little more and thus do our best to keep things somewhat balanced as the curtain reveals more of the darkness. If we were to focus on hunting down the devils that walk the streets ready to snap at any moment, we would be choosing to step into the darkness completely, and I just don't think there's any coming back from there. Okay, I've got that off my chest. On a lighter side of things, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to ponder on that too much. Um, on the lighter side of things, your show keeps a smile on my face when I'm spending the day behind the wheel, and I fucking love when you guys pick some crazy antics 
from the news or politics and let the rage flow. Your conversations are always great regardless of the subject matter, and I hope 2013 will see another year of solid entertainment. It's a stinking hot summer here with temps around 45 degrees Celsius, but not not sure what the Fahrenheit is. Um, I just, while I try to do this, um, I just saw that there was a map for the heat distribution in Australia, and... um, they had to add a new color to the top of the chart because of how hot it is. Like, it's like 129 degrees, apparently, in some parts of the outback. Um, so, okay, he said, what, 45? Holy shit, 113? <laughs> that's terrible. That's like Texas hot. That's, that's beyond, te- that's like Texas hot in August. That's that's wow. That's beyond. That's we can't even hit like ninety here without crying about it. Well, so. I wonder. I wonder how the humidity is there too. Oh, we'll see if there's no humidity. That's doable. But right. Well, it's a little more doable. Well, no. I mean, well, 113. I mean, once you get past the the temperature of your body, I mean, then it's like you know. Wow. Anyway, uh, fucking hot either way, man. What I'd give to be running in the snow right now. No doubt, if, he, if either of you did make it down under, there's plenty of Aussie Are You Serious fans that'll be happy to sling a few beers your way and somewhere to crash. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Do a podcast tour of Australia and you'll never regret it. Then it's dot, 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 exclamation point. So I don't know if I trust that. <laughs> I think I would regret it. <laughs> Especially if everybody's buying us beers. But no, that is definitely someplace we need to get to. Sorry for the long email. Next time I'll try to do an MP3 or something. All the best, guys, and good health and strength for your families. Darren, thank you. Even though the first two-thirds of your email was dark and depressing, that was nice at the end. I I do think that the one thing we can do, though, is to um, try to treat the people that are unstable. One way or another, whether they're depressed or angry or like legitimately imbalanced, we need to we need to undemonize because I can't think of a better way to to say it undemonize uh, therapy. Well, I think that's a big problem, is that people don't they don't get the help that they need because of funds, because, and also people are like oh you don't need that of pussy an, bullshit right because of embarrassment and yeah, it's something that really has to change. Well, when I was little, I went to counseling because I was hyperactive, like legitimately. Um, diagnosed like with that, not, not, and this was, we're talking late seventies back when like it was a thing and like they, I was supposed to be a test, uh, like, like one of the early like public use for Ritalin or whatever it was. And I never went on it. I'm fine now. I can be laser focused on stuff, but it was it was it was interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. You said, but I could be laser focused on no, stuff, I, and you went, uh, but, like a broken robot. Yeah, I know. Um, there was a point. I actually remember when I changed. When 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 the whole thing changed, I um, went to California for two weeks, and I don't know if it was just the time difference and readjusting, but there was this point where I was in like sixth, seventh grade. And then I came back here and like I was always awake at like six, seven o'clock in the morning, ready to go. And when I got back here, three hour time difference instead of eight o'clock, I'm getting up at 11. 
And that was the beginning of it. And, and it just, I just changed. Like I was around people that were just kind of mellow and relaxed because we're a little uptight over here. Yeah, a little. Yeah. <laughs> the look on your face says a little. Are you fucking kidding me? You wound up so tight. Oh my god. No, but let's let's talk realistically and not not making fun of me anymore. Oh yeah, you're so wound up tight. When I started doing the show, how was I then compared to now? Um, let's see. You're probably about ten percent less. Ten percent less. Yeah. Come on. No, it's no, way, I am it. way different. You know what the big difference is, is we don't watch the news anymore. We don't watch cable news. MSNBC hasn't been on in this house since election night. And before that, it was like a whole year. Mm. Maybe the debates, but we did the debates here on the show. So, but like, I don't get pissed off. Like I yelled, I yell at commercials because I cannot stand stupid fathers in commercials. I hate that, that whole thing. And I, I really can't stand the ads that make simple tasks seem like only the the brilliantly gifted can do it. Why can't I fit this pot of spaghetti in this Ziploc bag? You mean you mean the the Q-tip, the wax rack? Yeah, ah! <laughs> I love that. It's that is that is the pinnacle of stupid shit that no one does. No, it should be. Real people saying, yeah, it works pretty good. I like it. <laughs> well, if That's advertising it. was truthful, you know, shit wouldn't sell. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. Let me, see, let me check this stuff here. I got that. So let me just read this one post here. Uh, from somebody I know from another job I worked at. He says, uh, top story on foxnews.com. It is complaining that stricter gun laws will lead to gun shops going out of business. The school shooting is the third story in the bottom third of the page with other news. He says, I shit you not. <sighs> hey, real quick, what did it's, you... It's huh? not going to help. It's it's true. People are always going to find ways to kill other people and hurt oh, yeah. other people. But you know, the same day that the Sandy Hook shooting happened, there was a dude in China that stabbed like 22 kids and none of the kids died. So to change before we, before we get to Reverend Scott, um, real quick, what'd you think of the Doctor Who Christmas special? I don't know. I fell asleep halfway through. I missed a lot of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you I never watched got, the whole no, thing. No, I didn't get to watch it again. Oh. Well, what'd you think of the part <clears> you saw? What do you think of the new companion? Is she really the new companion? Yeah. Or was she just the Christmas special? Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I You have to watch it, so I can't say. <laughs> well, I caught the end, but oh. I have to watch it all the okay. way through to really catch it. All right. Well, we'll find a way to have that work out for you. The 50th anniversary is coming up soon, too, so that should be nice. Um, all right, shall we do this? Because it's going to be short because you've been getting up early in the morning. And the reason that you're on the show this week is, and, and so here. great and I'm grateful that you filled in is because I Frank can't do tonight because he has to edit a whole bunch of movies together for after school film school that are due tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. He asked if we could do it tomorrow night, but I have that, that special buyout at 10 o'clock, so I wouldn't get home till 11, 30, 12 o'clock. And then 
I have to be back for an eight o'clock show, a nine o'clock show in the morning. So there's no wiggle time there. We couldn't do it last night. And then Saturday night is Bill's party. Sunday night is the fantasy movie draft. And then it's next week. And then that's it. So we had to stick to tonight. So, and because I didn't know what time we were going to start recording this, we didn't do the show live because I can't, I, I, I don't feel that it's responsible to tell people, all right, two minutes. And then people actually, a couple of people like probably would drop what they were doing to come and like be in the chat. But I just, I didn't feel like that was the responsible thing to do. So instead everybody gets a week off except for you and me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I guess this once a year, I, uh, lose my voice a little bit. So yeah. it's, it's the universe's way of telling me to just, you know, shut up for a few days. Yeah. Well, if it was the universe's way, then that would happen to you way more often. That's not very nice, uh, but not untrue. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Last rites with Reverend Scott. <laughs> oh, what did you do? I don't know. Hold on. Once a year, I uh, lose my voice a little bit, so yeah. it's, it's the universe's way of telling me to just, you know, shut up for a few days. Yeah, well, if it was the universe's way, then that would happen to you way more often. That's not very nice. Uh, but not untrue. <laughs> True. <laughs> Last rites with Reverend Scott. <laughs> I kind of know what I'm doing. I realize, <laughs> you know, you sound <laughs> surprised. Yeah. Hey there, Chris and Ellen. This is Reverend Scott. And yes, I knew that Frank wasn't there this week. And I also know that Ellen is there instead. Fuck. I always wondered what you thought about Frank just not showing up sometimes, Chris. My colleague, the distinguished gentleman, is a fucking moron. Seriously? Dude, seriously! You know, it almost seems, well, disrespectful to the Are You Serious cult members when Frank just doesn't show up. God damn it, I did it again! Kind of makes me wonder what Frank is going to think when the listeners get pissed at him and go on Facebook and start posting about it. Fucking assholes. Like, what do they just sit up at night thinking, okay, how can I be a bigger douche? Because that's what they're fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. With an attitude like that, Frank, you probably won't have any friends left on Facebook at all. Good. Really? Who the fuck cares? They're all assholes. They can all go fuck themselves. I really don't know what to say. I mean, if Frank keeps that up, he'll end up being more hated than Chris. Oh, shit. Everyone hates me? Well, you just always argue with people, and they end up hating you. No. I heartily disagree with you on that. Should I expect to see any more of those huge rants on Facebook then, Chris? No, I'm actually doing a lot better now. Well, that's definitely good to hear, Chris. Now, if we could just get you to stop flashing your penis on the camera during the live shows. Granted, it's like a half an inch to an inch. Oh, an inch. That's pretty serious. 
I wonder if Ellen saw it too. I really like seeing it big again. Big was nice because it kind of popped out and it was like, oh yeah, oh, that's right. Maybe it was just because Chris was drunk. Hey, I'm not drunk this time, so I have no excuse. Well, that's about all I have for this week. But tune in next week when Chris gets injured using a fleshlight. Because I was really pushing it and I actually hurt myself a couple times. Not good. And I have Ellen look over every wild accusation I've ever made about Chris and Frank and then verify the facts in my scripts. Basically exactly what he put there. Oh, you're not helping. But until then, peace and love, guys. Are you serious? (laughs) We walk around like our shit doesn't stink and we got 10-ton brass balls. Dude, seriously! I don't remember saying any of that stuff. But I have noticed a trend when you're on the show. I do tend to say, you're not helping a lot. Because <laughs> you don't. Nope. That was pretty good. That was good. You worked you into the show. Got some clips of you there, too. What were we talking about? Was it The Hobbit? I don't know. I don't know. Because you don't come on here and talk about... You don't like, let me talk about fun stuff. All you want to talk about is religion and What do you want to talk about? Other stuff. What? Fun stuff. Like? I don't know, cake, I don't know. <laughs> you ate all your birthday cake. No, I didn't. There's one piece left. You're going to eat it when we're done the show? No, I got to go to bed. Okay. Well, we're at about an hour and 20 minutes if I can figure out the math in my head. So are we, uh... well, because I have to add breaks and a beginning you, and an end. You can't and... do math. I actually Give can. It up. I just, no, you can't. I just don't care to. No, no, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, push some more buttons again. You need to be quiet. Nope. So, I never get laryngitis like Frank. <laughs> if you were on the show more often, you would. Yep. No, you do most of the talking. Haven't you noticed that? Well, that's true. Well, when I had my uh, super secret outside cinema guest on, I, I did a lot of talking because I had a feeling he was... He he was a little uncomfortable to start with, um, but about halfway through the top six list, he warmed up. Um, I haven't said who it is, by the way. When do you find out? When do I find out what? Well, when do people Closer find out? Closer to the microphone. When do people find out? Uh, let me hit the magic button here for the date. Uh, it will be January 28th. The show will be released, and we covered Gleaming the Cube, which is awesome, and Vanishing Point. Because the person I had okay, on... you're not going to be talking about it now. The person I had on really loves cars. So it was top six vehicles that we did for the top six list. And um, I was surprised with some of the stuff that he said about Vanishing Point. So there's a tease there. And then the week after Outside the Cinema should be back to live shows. And our five-year anniversary will happen the week after. This show is going to be five in September. <laughs> five years I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we don't have a phone number for the show anymore because nobody ever called it. So I'm going to say that you can go to OutsideTheCinema.com, click on the tab on the right-hand side, and um, you can leave a voice message that way that will come straight through. Or you can record an MP3 and mail it to us. I don't care. Send more feedback. That'd be email? great. Yeah, you can email the MP3. You said mail it. Yeah, well... Was that hard to just say email? If you just want to finish the show, just say, I'm all done and I want I'm to I'm all done. Good night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. There's nothing else. So, bye. Bye. God, you're never coming on again.
Until Frank's gone next time. Hmm? tonight though on a, a slightly more serious note you know last night we came back we talked fiscal cliff we were sort of waiting to dive into this you know in, in the wake of uh, some events that have happened uh, newtown uh, aurora uh, portland tucson it's uh it's a 22 minute show so i'm not going to list everything but <laughs> finally everyone from the nra to the marin county kumbaya patrol is ready to talk about gun violence although to be fair the kumbaya patrol has been ready for quite some time now <laughs> So let's have that conversation, people. Nothing's off the table. No bad ideas. A safe space. Let's start the discussion on gun violence. Let's start it with the discussion of of gun control. Gun control, it's not going to make any kids safer. We got to get to the real problem, the real causes. Oh, I'm sorry. I just assumed that uh, beginning a conversation about gun control meant starting with guns. But you uh, (laughs) want to talk about the non-gun causes of uh, <laughs> gun violence. Well, you know, uh, it's a conversation. No bad ideas. Maybe there are other factors we should look at. Uh, let's, what other non-gun causes are we talking about here? We have so much violence surrounding us that we think is okay. Violent video games with names like Bulletstorm, Grand Theft Auto, Mortal Kombat, Splatterhouse. Blood-soaked films out there. American Psycho. Natural-born killers. Natural-born killers and American Psycho. Holy. (laughs) Has it been that long since we've had a conversation about gun control? (laughs) Been that long since we deflected the gun control argument with the corrupt Hollywood media culture argument? But actually, you know what? Uh, That French guy has a point. It may be an indirect influence, but there is no question that we glorify violence in our culture, and it's something we have to consider. If a massacre occurs in a schoolhouse and TV network heads have to scramble to see if that storyline's going to bump up against the network's primetime episodic schedule, that's a problem. Oh, is this 
terrible massacre going to affect our new show, Massacre, Fridays at 8? <laughs> the hot new lead-in to Corpse Raper Intent, SVU, <laughs> starring, I don't know who that, Nick Carter and a young Gallagher. Look, man, as for violent video games, uh, yeah, I guess they're out there. But then again, the Dutch spend more than twice as much on video games as we do and have less than a tenth of the gun violence. Although, to be fair, most of their games are of the first-person dyke plugger genre so so yeah maybe we need to talk about whether our culture is adding to the the, the soup that's got to be on the table but if we're going to talk about that let's look at all of our culture the right likes to talk about hollywood's influence on that but are there other media influences that must also be examined are there terrorist cells in your neighborhood? The new Black Panther parties outside a polling place. These Sharia mosques have become the command centers for terrorism. The end of capitalism in America. We're four years into tyranny winning. Yes. This is indoctrination yes. of kids. If you live in the East, may I recommend get the hell out of the East. It's going to be Armageddon. Your religion is going to come under attack. If Obama's reelected, this country's over. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I blacked out in the middle of that and woke up with an AK in my head. I don't know. Or whatever this is. I'm sure I'll get letters about what this really is. Which is plastic is what it really is. But it brings us back to the more direct issue of guns. Gun control doesn't work. Or not. I keep forgetting. What else? We have a mental health system in this country that is completely and totally collapsed. Okay, okay, again, 100% correct. Thank you, Wayne LaPierre, for bringing this up. Uh, we closed the, the mental institutions in many respects, and now our mentally ill live on the streets or are in prison, and it is untenable, and it's up to us to help them find compassionate, proactive care. Uh, this is what we have to address in our, our, our mental health s system. I'm assuming that's what you mean. We have no national database of these lunatics or that or that <laughs> I, I was going to say compassionate total care of, of, of mental illness or a lunatic database um, <laughs> although isn't that what the internet is isn't that a national lunatic uh, database what would be the criterion for the lunatic database what are the kinds of things you would say to get on it Americans don't want to be added to that pile of dead people that have been left defenseless by the UN policies. LaPierre with two R's or one. Look, I, you know, I, I don't want to kill a conversation before it starts. Yes, mental health care absolutely has to be on the table, has to be improved. But someone's always going to slip through the cracks. And our mental health problem leads to other problems. Crime, guns, violence. Ultimately, we don't have a crime problem, or a gun problem, or even a violence problem. What we have is a sin problem. <laughs> is this about me masturbating? Is that what this is about? <laughs> Look, I, I didn't know... Uh that that was considered a national issue. <laughs> Look, we can dance around the issue all we want. 
You can blame movies or video games or the mentally ill or, or God. And, and we do have to put, it's a complex problem and all solutions have to be on the table. But it is time we talk about guns. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this gun control discussion right now. There's a day, place, and a time for all that. <laughs> it's today, right now. It is absolutely the time to talk about gun control. We need to take a commercial break. <laughs> Guess we'll talk about guns when we come back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the show. I apologize. Apologize for my voice. A little cold. Uh, we've learned in our conversation about this country's staggering number of gun-related deaths that it's based on a surprising amount of non-gun factors. God, media, and crazy people. Uh, wow, that's a... God, media, and crazy people, that's a... That's a pretty busy graphic. Can we streamline that and yet also represent all three constituencies? There you go. All right. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this conversation is taking place between parties of good faith and that all of us on any side of the debate are anti-massacre. If some common sense firearms regulations might cut the number of these killings, why not try? We have many, many laws pertaining to guns already. We ought to enforce those laws. We already have uh, laws banning murder, but we still have murders. Drunk driving. Do we go to the Ford Motor Company and tell them stop making these automobiles because people get drunk and kill people in cars? No, but we do enact stricter blood alcohol limits, raise the drinking age, ramp up enforcement and penalties, and charge, uh, charge bartenders who serve drunks, and launch huge public awareness campaigns to stigmatize the dangerous behavior in question. And we do all those things because it might just help bring drunk driving rates down, I don't know, by two-thirds in a few decades. <laughs> so, if you start calling Senate votes for a happy hour, that number gets even lower. Like magazine sizes, smaller magazines for guns. Make these crazy people have to reload more. Changing a magazine, I can do that pretty quick. Yeah, but you're fast fingers, Graham. <laughs> the foremost gun enthusiast slash speed origami champion in the world. <laughs> he made that in three seconds. How he uses his heavily calloused gun hands to make such delicate paper art. <laughs> Why, it's a mystery. All right, magazine restrictions won't help. How about we keep all the guns except weapons designed uh, uh, purely to efficiently shred enemy soldiers? We had an assault weapons, so-called assault weapons ban for 10 years. The Justice Department and others who studied it said it made no difference. That original uh, assault weapons ban was ill-conceived and didn't work properly. Well, you know what to say. If at first you don't succeed, f*** it. <laughs> Again, none of these will ever be perfect. We're not looking for some magic flying, solving projectile. We're looking for a series of steps from different areas that over time can improve the situation as opposed to what we have now, which is legislative riders snug into appropriation bills that prevent the ATF from inspecting gun dealers' inventories and bills that make it harder to put disturbed individuals on do-not-buy lists and laws exempting gun makers from any legal accountability for their product. I mean, for people, for God forbid, McDonald's doesn't tell you how hot their hot steaming coffee is. <laughs> that happens and you're taking the money train to McPunitive Damage Town. <laughs> but an epidemic of gun violence? Oh, 
we can't. Our hands are tied. We can't do anything. We are a nation of overreactors to everything. We have step-by-step child-proof this entire country. 20 years ago, a guy threw a rock over an overpass, and it hit a car windshield, and now... Every overpass in the country is like a habit trail. It's just got a giant 13 people thing. Football stadiums have giant nets behind the goalposts so you don't get hit by the ball you're supposed to be watching. We can't do anything about this. How about we make assault rifles available but only at shooting ranges? Make guns less sexy so they won't be considered so cool by young people. The next Jason Bourne movie stars Woody Allen. How about that? You're not, not really a gun person. It's not so much the killing, but the loading and the cleaning. It's just, it's a lot of work. Or even better, creative sound editing to take away the cool gun factor. See? Those silly sound effects completely dulled my desire to get caught in a violent and bloody three-way Mexican standoff. And if you don't like any of those solutions, please, we'd love to hear yours. There are no bad ideas. I refuse to play the game of assault weapon because that, that, uh, that's any weapon. It's a hammer. It's an article came out this week, uh, the massive number that are killed with hammers. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to regulate... Hammers. We could try that. Would it be possible also to regulate bags of hammers or anyone as dumb as that? But aside from hammer control, which, by the way, was a great MC Hammer album. Do you have any other ideas for reducing gun violence? The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So the school principal with a gun is going to stop a guy with an assault rifle and a bulletproof vest. You know, I don't think Principal Belding is as badass as you think he might be. Here's the problem. Technology has democratized carnage. And it's very weird to me that gun enthusiasts won't even entertain. uh, Let me amend that. Some gun enthusiasts won't even entertain the idea of common sense law enforcement supported small bore, so to speak, moves to try and rein in this violence. What's really going on here? We have constitutional freedom, uh, to the right to keep and bear arms in this country. Yeah, yeah, for a well-regulated militia, not a personal arsenal free-for-all. There's all sorts of stuff you can't have already. Tanks, F-16 fighter jets, surface-to-air anything. <laughs> when that constitution was written, people had muskets. So, okay. You can have all the muskets you want. You can even have assault muskets for all I care. Jazz it up with a bayonet. Go nuts. But why is it that there is no other issue in this country with as dire public safety consequences as this, that we are unable to make even the most basic steps towards putting together a complex plan of action to slow this epidemic spread? What is really going on here? I think you, like a lot of people, Joshua, are worried that the federal government's going to come after our guns. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) So this isn't really about the Constitution or efficacy of regulation or intruder defense. It's about how perilously close some people in this country feel they're living to a tyrant's rule. It's something we've seen happen time and time again in history with Stalin 
happened in Cambodia, and then, of course, the Third Reich. No one saw that coming until it was too late. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Fidel Castro took the guns. Hugo Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. (laughs) Holy (laughs) No one's taking away all the guns. But now I get it. Now I see what's happening. So this is what it is. Their paranoid fear of a possible dystopic future prevents us from addressing our actual dystopic present. (laughs) We can't even begin to address 30,000 gun deaths that are actually, in reality, happening in this country every year because a few of us must remain vigilant against the rise of imaginary Hitler. (laughs) That's all you get, jerks!